Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. Well, as you know, or may, may or may not know, about two weeks ago, we started our new vision and mission launch at our church, and we went through what's called the Acts 2 journey as a church, where we went through new vision and mission for what God has for us moving forward. And so, as a part of this, we talked about last week our new mission, which is this. If you can put that on the screen, it should be one of the first things in there. It says this, we exist to empower disciples to connect with God, grow in his word, and share Christ with others through the power of the Holy Spirit. And a shorter version of that is what's called our vision statement, which is connecting with God, his word, and others. That's a part of who we are. We believe that God is leading us to make all three of these vital points of connection to draw closer to God, not only in our personal relationship with him, and also be in line with what God wants for us as a church family, connecting with God, his word, and others. Also, I want to let you know that I do recognize the blinking light to my right, your left, and uh, we are working on these lights as uh, uh, throughout these few weeks. So there, it's going to be a little bit of a strobe light situation over here, but you know what? Not everything can work perfectly, and uh, we are figuring this out, okay? So appreciate your patience in that. And we get one thing going correctly, finally can see the lyrics, and then our lights start acting up. So just how it goes. Well, today uh, we're going to touch on one of our six core values. Last week we talked about connection to God. Connection to God is our first core value. Now our second core value is missions focused. The statement that goes along with this core value is this to support and empower Christians to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ both locally and around the world and encourage others to do the same through prayer and financial support. See, this is so important because if this as a whole is not a part of what we're doing, then what are we doing? Jesus himself said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our most important mission as a church has got to be the great commission given by Jesus Christ himself. And most of the time when we hear missions, we immediately think of money and get super worried that someone's going to twist our arm to start giving a bunch of money. That's not quite the case. See, people give money to missionaries because they first understand the purpose and the heart behind the Great Commission as a whole of spreading the message of Jesus Christ for all people to hear. So it is up to us to be missions-minded wherever we go and whatever we do, but some people are not called to be missionaries in other states or countries or around the world But everyone is called to be a missionary for Jesus wherever you work, whatever community you find yourself in, in your family, in your friend group, and beyond. No one escapes the call to be a missionary because it's all based on the Great Commission. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we receive power from God to be witnesses for Jesus. But there's four areas in which Jesus told the people that they were called to. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Well, we don't live in Jerusalem. We don't live in Samaria. So how can we translate this to us in our mission to be Great Commission-minded? Our Jerusalem is the city or the village that we live in. We're called to reach people right here right now where we live but we're also called to reach people in Judea and we can kind of equate Judea to the state of Ohio we're called to reach not only Byesville but Ohio and you can equate Samaria to the United States of America and of course Jesus also calls us to reach people from all around the world with the message of Christ because most of us are not called around the world we still have the command of Jesus to reach to the ends of the earth so we can empower those who are called to the ends of the earth through financial support. See, missions focused is the core value we're talking about this morning, and you have the opportunity to spread the love of Jesus right in your community by being the light of Christ wherever you are, but you also have the opportunity to give to our missionaries 
in our missions fund here at our church so that you can be a part of giving to missionaries all around the world. If you noticed when you walked in, the back wall looked a little bit differently in the lobby, and if you hadn't noticed, take a look at it on your way out. We put all of our world mission, or our world missionaries, U.S. missionaries, and local organizations that we support on the back wall. Uh, local missions is like Open Arms Pregnancy Center we support on a monthly basis. Freedom House Homeless Shelter in Cambridge. Just take a look at that wall this morning before you leave so you recognize that if you've ever given in the tithe and offering here at this church, you are a part of people that are hearing about Christ all around the world. And it is just an amazing thing to be a part of. And so in total, if you go back there and you see, in total, our church supports just under $30,000 a year toward missionaries that serve all around the world. So it's a big push here, and it's a really big focus because we believe in the Great Commission, and we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of reaching others for Christ. Biasville Assembly of God, connecting with God, His Word, and others. Today we're talking about missions focus. And so, as a part of focusing on missions this morning, we have a special guest joining us today. Our missionary visiting this morning is near and dear to my heart because he hired me at this church as youth and worship pastor in December of 2017. And I had the privilege of serving under his leadership for three and a half years before he felt the call of God to serve in his current ministry role. Now, having served for three and a half years with him, I saw the pastor that served on Sunday mornings from this pulpit, but I also saw him in the office throughout the week. And I'm going to tell you, it is an honor to say that the man you saw on Sunday mornings was the same guy you saw in the office, was the same guy you saw in the community, and full of integrity and compassion and love and faithful service for almost 15 years as our lead pastor. I served alongside him during some of the most difficult years of his ministry. Many of you remember in the span of two years, he lost five close family members and friends that passed away and impacted their family's life like they had never imagined. But amongst the heartache that they went through, they continued in God's call and listened hard to the voice of God and gave us a great example to follow when we also go through difficult things. We lived life together, we cried together, we prayed together, we studied God's word together. He dedicated our firstborn son, Nehemiah, in our church service a few years ago. He officiated funerals for your family members and was there for you in your time of grief. And he performed wedding ceremonies and had celebration times with you. He was greatly involved in the Byesville community, and I counted an honor to have him come back and present the ministry that God's called him to, and also to preach the word of God. He and his wife, Crystal, now serve as West Central Indiana Regional Directors for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Would you please welcome back home to Byesville Assembly of God, Pastor Joe and Crystal Summers. Thank you, but I got to preach, so you're going to have to. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dustin. Um, as we were reflecting, um, five-hour trip over here. Oh, I'm like, no, the battery was good when I left. Uh, five-hour trip over here, um, and we just uh, reflecting on what God has done, uh, the opportunities we've had, the joy it was to serve in this community. And uh, we are blessed, thank you so much. So great to see so many faces today that we just love and appreciate. And I love your pastor. This guy, yeah. We have uh, stayed in touch, we've stayed in, uh, so if you screw up, I know about it, just so you know. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, We've stayed in touch, and uh, God's just been this incredible to see what God's doing in his life and his heart, and we're so glad to be here today. Um, just to give you a little bit of what's going on with the fam, uh, blessed to have two of my kids here, Kristen and Cameron, are here today. Uh, blessed to be able to have them. They live around the area, so it's nice to, uh, to see them, and uh, we're expecting another uh, little summers here soon, and so we're excited about that. in January, so that's going to be an awesome, awesome time. So I might be over this way a little bit more than you think. Um, just uh, 
maybe not in this capacity, but I'll at least be over here. So um, my daughter, Caitlin, uh, she has just finished all of her class classroom work for culinary, and she is in Austin, Texas, studying that. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, that's okay, but that's a long way from Indiana. I'm just telling you right now. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, we, uh, when we made that transition, we became instant empty nesters. And uh, I found out that not only does my wife love me, she likes me. And so that's good. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, it's been a good, a good time for us. My, uh, my wife works at uh, driving school. She gets all the drives situated. She keeps that place kind of running in order. I'm a driving instructor part-time. I was doing that as I was raising my budget for missions, and uh, I've only been fearful for my life about four or five times, so, um, so I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let me uh, just give you a, a little bit of information about the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Some of you know that, FCA. You'll hear me say FCA a lot. Fellowship of Christian Athletes doesn't really roll off the tongue, uh, but FCA kind of does, and so you'll hear me talk about that. One thing that I want you to understand is we felt like God was calling us this, to this ministry. Uh, this wasn't just something that we fell into. This isn't just something that's like, well, this gives you something to do, I guess. Um, we feel like God's been calling us, and even before we left, it wasn't a done deal, so I couldn't announce that it was a done deal. So, but I, I wanted you to hear that from me. This is what God has called us to do, and we are excited about what God is doing through the ministry of FCA. Um, I, back when I first got a call into the ministry, I felt like God was calling me to minister. I was going to be ministering to young people my entire life. And so I started out in Illinois. And if you know me at all and you know some of my backstory, you understand that I've been in the public school setting from pretty much day one of my ministry. Uh, we did that in Illinois. We did that in Columbus as best we could. Columbus is a little bit different animal. They didn't like you to come in as much. But by the time I left Columbus, they had asked me to speak at baccalaureate service. And so it's just been an awesome thing. I got to Byesville, and as lead pastor, I got to uh, minister to young people like Sam Beskett <laughs> and, and, and all of those. Uh, but then God opened up a door for us to be on the high school campus, and I, I remember this, it was 2010, um, and I got a phone call from a very, they're very dear friends of ours, Steve and Jill Beskid, and Steve and Jill asked me, they, they said, hey, how do you feel about starting FCA at the high school with us? And like, where do I sign up, right? So this whole thing about getting close with FCA, kind of understanding the ministry, it's their fault. And so, but, but God had a plan, and God's been doing some amazing things in that. I want to, there's a brief video I want to show you. If you're not familiar with the ministry of FCA, this will maybe kind of uh, fill in the blanks a little bit for you. Oh, I think I went too fast. In 1954, God implanted into the heart of a basketball coach a vision that sports could be used as a vehicle to share the message of Jesus Christ. This idea was so compelling that it impacted the influencers. There is a reason for this fellowship of Christian athletes. Athletics has a place. Why this thing of fellowship of Christian athletes seems to have arisen in the mind of a few men but not just two or three gathered together, but millions of people everywhere dedicated to a common cause. The potential is almost beyond conception. Think of the power of this group through all the nations of the world. And that influence continues today. Nearly seven decades later, that vision is a reality. Ministering to and through the coach. Once we've engaged coaches and athletes, we're then equipping them, we're serving them, 
to ultimately empower them, men and women who are disciples who make disciples. Influence athletes from the young age all the way up to the pros. Now is such a critical time. Sport is larger than it ever has been. I see FCA being more relevant today than at any other time in history. Right at this very moment, our society, we are removing ourselves from the Word of God. So we produce FCA Bibles, God's Word, put to the coaches and athletes' hands. Our camps continue to grow around the world. That's where I felt God's presence the most. Our numbers are growing. More coaches are joining a team. Doors opening, now serving in over 84 different countries. Truly fulfilling that vision. There's more to coaching than just winning medals. It's really about the impact you have in others' lives. I didn't get saved at a church. The FCA met me right where I was. We come to you exactly where you're at. By first reaching the coach, we have the opportunity then to reach every athlete. Uh, that's my job, raising leaders. And that's what's so powerful about the FCA. It's changing the dynamic of ministry. They go where you are. The ripple effect you're having on these kids and these coaches. And they're going to affect the community for generations. We want to walk through school and people see us and they'd be like, hey, I know that's a Christian because of the way we act. If we can change two people a day, just imagine how much that will grow. The impact, it goes full circle. I do still have that. It carries generations and generations. We can reach every coach, every athlete, every community, every country. To see the world transformed by Jesus Christ. Through the influence. The influence. The influence of coaches and athletes. The FCA. Fulfilling the vision. A couple things I just want to point out from that video. One is this. Sports has a place. If you don't believe that in our society today, you're kind of not watching things around you. Um, how do I know that? Well, not this past Super Bowl. They spent... $956 million on COVID tests so that they could play one game. Sports has a place. And we've got all of these athletes that are coming to us. They're coming to our schools. They're involved in athletics. They're involved in, in things around the campus. And our mission is to reach those athletes and those coaches with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We go to where they are. Not always will people come to a church building, but they will come to an FCA huddle. Not always will people come to be a part of something that a church is putting on, but they will come when they're invited by one of their teammates. So it gives us an opportunity to share about their faith. Let me just tell you a few things about what's going on in West Central Indiana, God's country, right? <laughs> Out in West Central Indiana. So uh, I'm going to share a few things that have just happened just since August. Is that cool? Um, I'm telling you what, God has been moving. I've expanded my territory, so we have added another county. I am the area director for 10 counties now. Um, it spans about a two-hour drive from one end to the other, um, so I get a lot of miles on my little Corolla. But uh, God has put us in a place to be able to help coaches and athletes, to be able to help huddle leaders uh, to win their campuses. Let me just give you a little thought process. Um, last August, I got a phone call from, uh, I'm going to start with college level, because I pretty much do middle school through college. And at the college level, I got a phone call from a university, and they, the athletic director said, hey, I have an, a meeting with all of our athletes on Wednesday night at 6.30. Can you come and give a 10-minute talk? Absolutely, I can come and give a 10-minute talk. And then my next question was this. I said, I know you're a university. Can I talk about Jesus? Well, yeah. So I was able, in 10 minutes, to talk to over 300 athletes at that university about one shot. You got one shot. 
one shot in this life. At the end of the night, we had an FCA table. Last year was the first year the FCA had been started at this university. They had, when I went to FCA last spring, they had three students in FCA. It's great. Don't knock num numbers. That's okay. They had three students in FCA. At the end of that night, we gave over 50 Bibles away. These athlete Bibles. At the end of that, that meeting, and had 75 students in FCA the next week. God's, look at God. Isn't that cool? There's a campus in Greencastle, Indiana, DePaul University. Had a young man, his name is Ben Wiedner. Ben, whoop, that's my area. I'll, I'll catch up. Uh, ben is the guy in the ball cap at the table. Ben calls me up and says, man, I got a passion to start a huddle on my campus. And I said, well, Ben, let's talk about that. Let's pray about it. Let's get this, let's get this happening. Last spring, they had one meeting before school was out. This year, they've started and they've doubled in size. This is an older picture. There's a new picture that he sent me that I didn't have time to do that. There are probably another 10 people that are involved in this huddle at DePaul University. If you know anything about DePaul University, it's one of the most liberal universities in our country today. But God called someone to go to the darkness and be a light. Sullivan High School. Sullivan High School. I'm, I'm at Sullivan High School this, just this last week, and I'm passing out flyers, and I'm giving bracelets away. We, do, we have bracelets that we give away to students that help them share their testimony, their faith. I'm sharing bracelets, giving those away. I get to the secretary, secretary of the school. She has nothing to do with FCA. She says, I know you're the FCA guy. That's, if, if you don't know my name, they just call you the FCA guy. I know you're the FCA guy. I want you to know I've worked at this high school for seven years, and I've never seen such excitement and exuberance and numbers that is in that FCA in that cafeteria. They're rocking it in that cafeteria every Wednesday, Thursday morning. That's somebody that's not even affiliated with FCA. That's just all in the last month or two. Spoke at a huddle at Northview High School in Brazil, Indiana, and it was standing room only. And that had nothing to do with me being there. It was standing room only. Otter Creek, middle school, the same way. I could go on and on and on. Giving Bibles. We've been able to uh, equip huddle leaders and, and see what God's doing. God opened the door for me to be on TV. And you're thinking, you have a face for radio. <laughs> but God opened the door for me to be on TV. And uh, the Indiana Sports Network, they do like college football games every Friday. And I was talking with the, the owner of that business, and he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give FCA two free commercials every game that we do. <laughs> okay. I got to get with my son. He's got to make me some commercials. <laughs> and then he said this. He said, how would you like to interview the home team coach before every one of those things, and we'll put it on. And you're not going to wear our Indiana sports stuff. You're going to wear your FCA stuff and be able to, to do that. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but sure. <laughs> I love it. So from August until even now, every Thursday after practice, I go and get a chance to connect with a high school football coach and just talk life and ask them a few questions about their team. And God's opened that door. The cool thing that I love about God is if you're a willing, if you're a willing vessel, you don't have to go knocking doors down. God brings opportunities to us each and every day. We've got some events planned for the next year. We're going to do a 3D coaching clinic, which is really just something that we can emphasize on the heart and the emotions and the physical side of coaching, that it's not just about wins and losses. It's about making an impact in your players and your team. We get a chance to talk about that. We're going to be doing a Fields of Faith event in two weeks. We're so excited about that. At the local high school, our community is invited. We've invited every youth group from our area, and we're excited to see what God's going to do. It's just get a chance for, to preach the gospel. ISU, Indiana State University, their FCA has 
uh, a couple students that um, they are football players. I don't know if you, it was national news, but I don't know if you caught it. Um, Indiana State University had a tragedy back in August. They have four of their football players. Two of them were killed in a car accident, um, and the other two were not able to, they're not able to play football ever again. And that was something that just shook the campus. But these two young men have had the opportunity to now share their faith, and they're going to do that two weeks from Monday. If you could be a prayer about that with us, we're believing that God's going to do some amazing things, and we're going to see lives changed that night. One of the things that Pastor Dustin talked about was just the idea that I am a missionary, and so I'm going to kind of just make this plug. Um, this is the Otter Creek Middle School. I told you I'd catch up. The Fields of Faith event. And here's the other thing. As a missionary, part of what we do is we're trying to gain support. Now, I want to say this. There are many of you that are supporting us monthly, and we are so grateful for that. Thank you so much. You have no idea what that means. It allows us to do ministry and allows us to... You have a part. Pastor Dustin talked about the idea of missions. The great thing about missions is when you pray, when you give, you have an investment and a part in the things that we are doing as missionaries on the field. And we are so grateful for your partnership in that. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is asking you and talking to you about partnering with us, we have a financial, I call it campaign, going on right now. We're looking for 30 people for $30 a month. If you're interested in that, we have more information. I've got a table back there that has all the stuff that you want to, if you want to look at that, you feel like God's calling you to do that, that'd be fantastic. There's a QR code. There's a website. We'll hook you up with all that. Um, but I don't want to give a commercial, but if you feel like God's calling you to do that, we'd be more than happy to partner with, for you to partner with us and be on our team. Um, we're just so grateful for what God is doing. Um, and uh, the need is vast, and we're still raising support, but God's been so faithful, and we thank you for those that have given. This morning, I want to talk to you about, uh, this is our, web, our website, wcindianafca.org. Our Facebook page, if you'd like to follow us, it's just WC in the NFCA. You can follow us there and find out what all we're doing and what all's going on. I'm terrible at Facebook, I'm just going to be honest, but I've just hired an admin, praise God. And uh, they're going to be able to help us with that and get more information going that way. Um, if you'd like to receive our newsletter, we have a couple from the summer that are back there at the table. You can take one if you'd like. If you'd like to receive our newsletter, there's a, a sign-up sheet in the back. You can put your, if you want a snail mail copy, which is a hard copy, uh, put your address. If you're okay with email, just put your email address, and we'll send it to your email as well. Um, all right, so that's what's going on with us. What's going on with you? <laughs> All right. We're so excited to be here this morning. Um, I feel like God's given us a message as I was talking with Pastor Dustin this week. Um, actually, the last few weeks just confirmed in my heart what God was speaking to us. The title of this message is just called Lost. Lost. I think back and I look back at Acts chapter 2. And when you go back to Acts chapter 2, they didn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit just so they could have a good church service. The baptism of the Holy Spirit didn't hit their heart just so that they could have a show on TBN. The baptism of the Holy Spirit hit their heart. Why? Because God had called them to be witnesses. He had called them to make disciples. Pastor Dustin put that uh, scripture up there earlier. Go and make disciples. We're going to get to that in just a minute. And I think that we as the body of Christ have forgotten that we are to live our lives totally and completely in love with Jesus and to go and make disciples. Church, we've got to understand this concept that Jesus was, is, and always will be the only hope for our world today. There is not hope in anything else. It's not in your government. It's not in your political leaders. It's not in any person. It's not in the only place that you're going to find hope. The only place that you would ever find hope is in Jesus Christ. And we have got to not only internalize that, but we've got to make that to where it consumes us and resonates in our heart. I want you to go with me. To, we're going to go to the book of Luke today. Luke chapter 15. 
And as we go there, you're going to notice that in Luke chapter 15, there's a series of parables that are written. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Each one of these stories aren't just about the thing that was lost. Each one of these parables communicate to us the heart and the love that God has for people. This morning, we're gonna, I, I encourage you, if you get time this week, to read through that entire chapter. But this morning, we're going to focus our attention on the sheep part of this today. We're going to read this text this morning. If you would, uh, it's on your screen. Follow in your Bible if you want to. Luke 15, 1 and 2. 1 through 9. It says, All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So the people who are supposed to be spiritual want nothing to do with people outside. Keep that in mind. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. I want us to, uh, to look at that. There's some, some things here that I believe that is not just in this sheep, uh, story, this parable, but it, it resonates through all of them. And these are principles or truths that we need to understand about the heart of God for the lost. All right? The first one is this. God notices every person away from him. God notices every person away from him. Every lost person he knows. Now, I don't know about you, but if we were to go out in the countryside and you were to show me a hundred sheep and then you'd escort one away, I'm not sure that I would notice. I'm just being real. The thing about church sometimes is this. We have people that sit right next to us every week and we don't even notice when they're not. Oh, is that too far? We like numbers, don't we? And we say, well, God has a book called Numbers. God likes numbers too. <laughs> I remember a dear brother. Um, I'm not going to mention his name because many of you will probably know him. And probably when I start to talk about this, you'll know who I'm talking about. Every Tuesday by 2.30, where's Kristen? There she is. She can attest. Every Tuesday at 2.30, this brother would call, and he wanted to know two things. And it wasn't, how are you doing today, Pastor Joe? It wasn't, do you have anything that I need to do work-wise? Is there anything that I can do in the ministry? No, they wanted to know two things. You want to know how many people were here and how much was the offering. God bless him. And if we didn't have those numbers, he said, I'll call back at 4 o'clock and I expect them to be, right? And so we're like, whoo, okay. Numbers. I'm not saying that tracking attendance is all bad. It's not completely wrong. But I think we have to understand that God is counting not the people on the inside. God is people counting people who are on the outside of the building. God's in the numbers, but he's not counting the people in. He's counting the people that are out. We've got to learn to alter our focus so that if God notices every person that's away from him, we need to start being aware and noticing the people that are away from him too. God notices every person that's away from him. The second one is this. Even though we're all equally loved, right now they're God's priority. You're going to look at me and say, well, what are you saying, Pastor Joe? God don't love me? It's not the case. But right now they're God's priority. You know what I've come to realize about this, par this parable and probably even some of the other ones is this. I think God's more desperate about this than we are. Think about it. 99's a good number, right? If you told me I was a baseball player, right? 
If you told me I was going to get a hit 99 times out of 100, I'd be legendary. Right? If you told me when I was in school that I was going to get 99% on every test, I'd take that. I don't need 100. I'm good with 99. If you saw some of my tests, you'd understand why I say that. I played basketball. If you were, if, coach, if I made 99 free throws out of 100, you could live with that, couldn't you? Exactly. And then I thought about some other things. If we got 99% off at the store, right? That's good. Here's the one that kind of 99% germ-free. I'm not sure about that one. But for the most part, 99 is good. But God notices the one. And they've become his priority. I mean, think about that for just a minute. If you had 100 sheep and one got away, man, that's okay. I can count him off on my taxes. Right? If one got away, I'll just claim him on my insurance. I'll buy a smarter sheep that won't go away next time. And most of the time, we don't even put in the effort. I just think about what, what this kind of story would look like a little bit. Let's say you get home from a long day, you work, you kick off your shoes, you got your slippers on, and you're sitting down for your favorite meal, whatever that is for you. You're sitting down, your meal's ready, it's in front of you, somebody comes running in and says, oh, by the way, the sheep are out. There's a sheep that's gone. Some of you relate to that. I see it in your face. The sheep are out. I got to be honest with you. I'm probably sitting there saying, are you kidding me right now? I tell you what, when I get finished eating, when I relax for a little bit, I'm going to take a little nap, and then I'll go find that sheep. It's just one sheep. There's 99 still in the pen. But then after that's over, you go out and you look all over creation to find this crazy sheep that got out. Anybody ever have an animal escape? Oh, yeah, a lot of hands in here, right? I remember when I was in high school, there were some cows that got loose. And they came across US 40. And one of my youth sponsors hit one with their car. The cow was okay, for those of you that were worried. <laughs> but, but the car was not. <laughs> and you start to think about that for a minute. The Bible says this, that when Jesus finds this lost sheep, when he finds the lost sheep, he throws it on his shoulders. How? Joyfully. Not me, baby. I'm not joyful. You ran away, man. You, you know how much time and effort you cost me? This lost one's his priority. Can I ask you this question? This message today, my prayer as I've been praying for this, is that you will not just react to an emotional thought process this morning that I'm here to speak to you, but you will allow the Holy Spirit to make this resonate in your heart. Because I want to ask this question, when have lost people been your priority? When have lost people ever been your priority? I was, I think I was in Columbus, but I was youth pastoring in Ohio. Some of the students that are here today could probably attest to this. Um, every year we did a summer games, and we took the youth group to uh, on a trip to Cedar Point. One year we had this big group of students, and they were doing great all day. You know, I have two rules, and those that have been with me on youth group trips know my two rules. What? Nobody goes off by themselves, and whenever we have a check-in time, you better be there. Right? I don't care if you're in line. You're getting out of line because we got a check time. They did great all day. We're getting ready to leave. Right? All the students that come except one. <laughs> and I asked, I said, well, they were with you a while ago. Well, I haven't seen them for about an hour. 
To top that all off, we're at the gate at Cedar Point. If you've ever been to Cedar Point, you know this. We're at the gate of Cedar Point, and all of a sudden the heavens open. And it is a monsoon. I mean, there are trash cans that are floating down the road. It's, I, and I'm going to be honest, I am not all excited about going to find out this one lost student. As a matter of fact, there is nothing joyful about this experience for me, Pastor Dustin. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to go. So I, I, I head out. Rain had subsided a little bit by that time. And I find this kid in line for a ride. And I said, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, well, I didn't think you'd mind. Hmm. You know, you've got a whole group of people up there waiting on you. Oh, well, I didn't know. So we find this lost student and we bring him back. Part of me is like, I think I'm just going to leave him here. <laughs> I'm just being transparent this morning. I'm just being honest. But part of me was like, you know, no, I need to go. And there were two things that drove me to that, to going to find this student. One is because I loved them, right? I didn't want them, in, in all reality, I didn't want them left at Cedar Point, although that'd probably make their day. <laughs> I loved them. The second thing is this, I didn't want to have to tell their dad that I lost their kid. <laughs> I mean, and, and we laugh at that, and that's funny, but someday we're going to stand before God and I have to tell God I didn't go after them. I know they were a lot, one of your lost kids but I didn't go after them because I had my stuff to do. I didn't go after them because I had my agenda. I didn't go after them because it was too difficult or I was too busy. I was too concerned about what other people thought about me. When has lost people been your top priority? My pastor that I serve with, he's a wonderful guy. I love this guy. Um, not too many pastors would let a guy who was a pastor at one time, who's now a missionary, come to their church and basically preach whenever he wants to um, and open up the door. And so this is a dear brother he made this quote, and it stuck with my heart. The value that you place on something determines the diligence that you search for it when it's lost. The value that you place on something determines the diligence that you search for it when it's lost. I gave my wife mine, but there's no greater example than that and the thing you probably have in your pocket or purse, your cell phone. My life is on that stupid thing. I've got calendar, I've got email, I've got all kinds of crazy things. On that. And when I misplace that thing, what do we do? We ping it, ding it, ring it, <laughs> until we find it, right? I want you to understand that the lost are always God's priority. Because he said this, he said, I want that none would perish, but all to come to everlasting life. The third thing I notice about this story, and this is a common theme in all of them, is this. The greatest celebration is reserved for their return. The greatest celebration is reserved for their return. He throws the sheep on his shoulders, dials up all of his friends and neighbors. Come on over, we're going to have a party. This lost sheep has been found. And again, just transparent, if I find that sheep, I'm not partying with that sheep. I'm not throwing him on my shoulders. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to ride him a little bit. <laughs> kind of pull and prod a little bit. You stupid sheep. <laughs> Do you know how much time and energy you cost me? You know how much money I spent trying to look for you? If we're having a celebration, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably cooking that sheep. And I'm going to give him to all the rest of the sheep so that they know this is what happens when you leave. 
but not God. How many of you know heaven is loud? You're not going to need hearing aids in heaven. Heaven is loud. Everybody were loud. You think, well, Pastor Joe, where do you get that? Where do, where do you get that heaven's loud? Well, because all the angels are gathered around the throne of God and they're singing. I don't think that they're using their inside voices. I don't think that they're worshiping in their head. I think that it is a loud, thunderous sound. But every time a sinner comes home, it gets even louder. We have got to get to the place, church, when we celebrate when lost people come home. The great commandment, this is what Jesus told us, was to what? Love God and to love people. Do you understand that Jesus left this earth? He gave us that command and one other that Pastor Dustin put on the screen a while ago. And that's to do what? Go and make disciples. It doesn't say go and make converts. We're not looking for just people who pray a prayer. We're not looking for people who just use Jesus as a get out of hell free card. He says go and make disciples disciples. That's one thing I love about the ministry of FCA is this. They are about making disciples who make disciples. That's our slogan. That's who we are. I don't know if you relate to this. I'm going to kind of give you an illustration that kind of does, kind of gives us a little picture of that. I don't know if you relate to this or not. Have you ever had kids that it's a struggle to get them to clean the room? All those parents said, Oh, wow. That's even a little bit louder than I thought it'd be. When you say to your kid, you know, go clean your room. So when you tell them that, the expectation is that they will go clean their room. Right? After about three hours, your child comes back to you and says this, Dad, you know, I've been thinking. And I memorized what you told me. Go clean your room. I memorized that, Dad. I've been pondering on it. I've been thinking about it. I've even been praying about that a little bit, Dad. As a matter of fact, here's what I did. I invited three or four of my friends to come over, and we're going to have a group discussion about what it means to clean my room. We're going to have people come over. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to serve some snacks. It'll be good. We'll have, you know, because we can't meet unless we have food. So we're going to have some good food, and we're going to do that. And, and we're going to talk about and study the idea about what it means to clean our room. And here's, I'm going to take it once. Dad, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to write some songs about it. <laughs> we're going to write some songs about what it means to, to clean the room. Golly, Dad, I'm so glad that you made this so important and you've emphasized this to me, what it means to clean my room. How many of you know, after about 10 minutes of them talking, my, I'm escalating a little bit, and I'm just saying this, go clean your stinking room! All the parents said... Jesus gave us one command. Go make disciples. We've memorized it. We've talked about it. We've had group studies about it. We talk about it in church. We even maybe write songs about it. But have we done it? And at some point, I just wonder if the Lord's looking down over his church and he's just saying, Go make disciples already. I want to go back to that room story for just a minute. If you're a parent, you understand that every kid cleans their room differently. Now, what I was looking for when my kids were young and then they were cleaning their room is this. I was looking for one thing, and that was effort. Right? It wasn't going to pass white glove. I understood that. I didn't have that expectation. I didn't think it would be perfect. But I wanted effort. And so what I would do is 
I would go in the room and, and here's how I gauge the effort. If I open the closet and everything comes falling down on me, that's not effort. If I walk in and there's a big lump in the middle of your bed because everything's been pushed underneath it, that's not effort. Did they give it their best? I believe if we model Jesus to make disciples, we make disciples by what we live and how, what we say. And the, another question that I have for you today is this, am I giving my best effort to do that? Or am I just trying to do the minimal and just get by? Am I okay with just talking about it? If I'm okay with just memorizing it? Or have I sold everything to the one who came and found this sheep? You know, one thing I think sometimes, church, we kind of get lulled to sleep and we forget what God saved us from. We forget that we were the one that was lost that he came after. I want to close with this thought. I was reading in my devotional time a passage of scripture in Revelation chapter 20. If you're familiar with Revelation 20, it talks about the great white throne judgment. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's a time when God judges people as to whether or not they had a relationship with Jesus or not. The Bible says that there's nowhere to hide. And there are going to be those who were great influencers who, and also those who seemingly lived small, insignificant lives. It doesn't matter because all of us will stand before God at one time or another. And the Bible says in Revelation 20 that that book will be opened. And it's the book of life. And it says that anyone whose name is not found written in the book will be cast into the lake of fire. I'm not going to, you know, whenever I was reading that, it wasn't probably the most encouraging of days for my devotional, but it's not the passage that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But as I was finishing up that thought process, the Holy Spirit rocked my world with the verse that is found in Revelation 21, verse 4. It says this, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. When I read that, it hit me. And I asked this question, why would we have tears in heaven? I'm a firm believer in what I would call pre-trib rapture. I believe that God, Jesus, is going to come back for his church one day. And we're going to be raptured. The great tribulation will happen. The Bible talks about how the, the church comes back. I'm not trying to get into eschatology today, but the church comes back with Jesus at the beginning of the millennial reign. And I got to thinking about all this. This is the last thing. We're already in heaven, right? So if I'm already got my glorified body, then there's no sickness that I'm crying over, right? There's nothing that I am really... And then the Holy Spirit just dropped a bomb on me. And the tears are from watching those whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life get cast into hell. And I'm looking through that, and it was just like the Spirit just grabbed a hold of my heart. And I'm like, why, why else would those tears be there? And I wonder how many people that I know who are family members, friends, coworkers, classmates, people that know who you are, on that day will I be watching, knowing that I could have shared my faith. But for whatever reason, I didn't. And then to see them cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. Church, I gotta be honest, that drove me to tears. 
that's where the thought process of this entire sermon started for me. It registered in my heart. I wonder, I wonder, are lost people your priority? Have you given it your best effort? Because there are people out there who need to hear. They are God's priority. God doesn't count the numbers in the building. He counts those that are outside the building. And this morning, I just want you to ponder that thought. Are lost people my priority? And am I giving it my best effort? Would you bow your heads, please? Father, today I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that you came after me when I was lost. I'm so grateful, God, that you ran toward me when I needed a Savior. And God, this morning, I I just ask, Holy Spirit, this day, I, I prayed from the day I came in, don't let it be about me, let it be about you. That God, you would speak to hearts of people today about the mission that you've called us to do, to make disciples. God, I pray, let that be in our heart. This morning, I just want to challenge you, if your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you've not made that decision to accept Christ. Maybe you are the lost sheep. And you've come into this building today and we've laughed and we've had a good time, but you're here today and you're apart from God. I can't think of a better place or a better time than right now today for you to come home. The greatest celebration is about to be reserved. We're going to celebrate with you today. But if you're here this morning and you say, you know what? My relationship with God, I don't have one, or man, it's not what it needs to be. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand right now? We just want to pray with you this morning. Is there anyone here today? Pastor, that's me. Awesome. I'm so grateful for that. Would you stand with me? I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Dustin in just a moment, but I just want to pray over you today. Thank you so much, brother, for the opportunity that I got to share. I got to tell you, it's been a joy. Um, It's like riding a bike, you know, preaching to some of the most easy people to preach to in my life. I appreciate that. But this morning, I, I just want you to hear the challenge. God, I know you've called me to reach lost people, and we do it by our praying, we do it by our giving, and we do it by our going. And today, I just grab a hold of that. I want to pray over you today, and after I do that, I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Dustin. Father, today, I just ask, I thank you, Lord, for this body. They have been so special. They play an integral part of my life for almost 15 years. And today, it's a privilege and an honor, Lord, that you've given me through Pastor Dustin to be able to share this morning. But God, today, I I pray that it would be more about what you are speaking to our hearts than it is about me being in front of them. That, God, it will be about lost people. We have got to be giving our best effort about making disciples and reaching the lost. Because, Lord, I don't want that day when the books are open to stand before you with people that, and answer answer that question, why didn't you or woulda, coulda, shoulda. God, I want to be living my life in such a way that I'm looking for lost people just like you look for lost people. Help us, God. They're all around us. God, help us as we live our life, as we testify, as we give you praise, as we introduce people to the Savior that found us, I pray, God, 
that, Lord, you would go before us and use us in that way. I give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.